Thank you all so much. One more hand for the band. Aren't those guys wonderful? Oh, it was so good. I got to tell you, Lorena and I had such a wonderful time with you guys on Christmas Eve. It was just a precious time, and uh, thank you guys for coming out and making that special and bringing your family and friends. We got to meet so many wonderful people, and then, of course, the new year was here. I did not ring it in. I was asleep. <laughs> They're like, you going to watch the ball drop? I said, no, I watch my eyelids drop. And I woke up the next day, and it was 2020. It was amazing. It's amazing how that happens, you know? <laughs> well, listen, uh, I really believe that we should start off this year in a really wonderful way. And, you know, resolutions are great. And I don't want to poo-poo resolutions because, you know, a lot of people like to poo-poo resolutions. But I don't want to poo-poo resolutions because resolutions means you're trying. And trying means you're doing. So, so I don't want to do that. But, but what I do want to do is I want to start today in this series called Fully You. The series that we're going to be really unpacking is unlocking your identity in Christ. Helping us to see that your relationship and your identity in Christ is not just in church, but it's everywhere. Every part of who you are. And so it's important for us to understand that God desires to give us a new identity in Christ. And we've got to begin to live up to that identity, not down to our reputation. Because many times if you have a reputation, you live down to it out of shame. And you just figure, hey, if everybody's going to call me this, I may as well be this. But that's not what God says. And so sometimes it means we got to shake off some old habits. we got to shake off some mindsets. we got to shake off some attitudes that we have toward ourselves. And we also have to shake off some behaviors that are hurting us, but have become comfortable to us. And so, so we learn that we're not perfect. We're being what? That's why we teach that at City on a Hill Church. We've been teaching it for years because it's important for us to understand you are not going to be perfect in your walk with Jesus. The only one who was perfect was Jesus, but we are being perfected and you're better than you were. And the best news is you're going to be better than you are right now. It's an ongoing process. And so we need to learn <clears throat> how to allow God to do that work in us. We, the word perfected is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's actually sanctification. And God does that in three different ways. The first thing, we come in the right relationship with Jesus. When you come in the right relationship with Jesus, what you're doing is, is you believe, and the first fruit of belief is what? Repentance. And that repentance allows you and I to understand that we agree with God that we need help. And then what happens is, is God takes our sin and removes it as far as the east is from the west. And then for about 10 seconds, we feel clean. And then before the end of church, we find ourselves not so clean. Because we're worried about so-and-so or so-and-so or this or that. And so, but then God promises what he's going to do after that is he's going to work in us regularly, giving us power over sin, over the course of time. So that's the work that he does in us. He begins to work in us, slowly but surely, giving us power over sin. Are we going to be perfect? No, but we are. Which means we understand that we are repenting and asking God for help on a regular basis. And there's only one way that you're ever going to be free from sin. 
if Jesus comes or you die. It's called glorification. And that's the work that God has for us. And so it's a work of the Holy Spirit. So you and I have got to understand that. But here's the struggle. The struggle that you and I have, the struggle that we have is that we've learned to live in shame-based patterns. Shame-based patterns that keep us from God's will for our lives. God's will for our lives is prevented from happening because of these shame-based patterns. And as we struggle, our goal over the next few weeks is to uncover the root of that shame, is to uncover the root of that shame and the practices that employ that shame. It's going to help us to, to, to learn how to no longer mask the shame or cover the shame, but we're going to start to learn what it feels like to deal with that. We're also going to learn what it means, what good anger looks like, a righteous anger that comes from God and what negative anger looks like and how we need to interrupt it. And then finally, we're going to learn how to, how to have true and lasting change, which is what we all want. And, but the first step is we have to declare to ourselves, no more shame game. We got to put an end to that. Now, see, it's, not, it's easy for some of us, and for some it's not, because shame can start at a very early age. Many of us can struggle with shame in many different ways. And so I remember the shame game really coming into play for me as I grew up. I grew up and I was overweight. And there happened to be a cartoon around that time called Fat Albert. <laughs> Y'all remember Fat <laughs> Right? Well, guess what my nickname ended up being? Not Fat Albert, Fat Mike. Because there was other Mikes in the neighborhood. Oh, you mean that Mike? No, Fat Mike. Not Mike from Reed Street. Not Mike from Chestnut Street. Fat Mike. And that right there, when you start to hear that, it crashes into your soul. Right? You start to struggle with that. And, and even though I was athletic, and even though I could outplay and out-hustle most, uh, most of the other kids in the neighborhood, you always got picked last because you were the fat kid. Then after you got picked, then you put, the, you put it on them, and then they still don't pick you because you're fat. Right? And so you, you start to feel like a second-class citizen. You start to feel less than. And that travels over into your adult life. Because we also grew up without out so many means as other people. And so, didn't have enough money to play sports. So we played street sports because we couldn't afford to play organized football. We couldn't take martial arts because it cost too much money. No Little League, none of those things. We didn't have those opportunities. And so you always feel less than and You grow up in that culture and, 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 and the first time that it happens, it crashes into your soul and then all of a sudden you have shame. And that's what sin does to our soul. Sin does that to our soul. And what sin does is sin, it calls us by name and it makes us feel unworthy of love. It makes us feel unworthy of love. And when we start to understand it, it makes us feel unworthy of love. It reveals that we just can't be good enough. That's what sin does. It reveals that we can't be good enough. So what do we do? We get better. We become worse, right? Hey, if I can't be good, if I can't be good at being good, I may as well be bad at being bad. 
And so what happens is we start to live down to the names that we've been called. And it changes our attitude. It changes our hearts. It makes us feel unworthy of love. It makes us feel unworthy. And that's why so many people stay away from church. They feel unworthy. So I'm going to go to church when I get cleaned up. You ain't ever going to get cleaned up if you stay away from church. You need Jesus. But see, the enemy knows the shame game keeps us out of there. It kept me out for a long time. It creates insecurity in our relationship with others. It creates insecurity in our relationship with God and in our relationship with other people. But Jesus came to take away that insecurity. He came to heal the physical hurts, but more importantly, he came to heal the spiritual hurts that keep us far from God. (laughs) Romans chapter 8 says this. It says, For we know that our old self, everybody say old self, self. was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. Everybody say done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free. Everybody say set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe we'll also live with him. And later, Paul would pen to the Corinthian church. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. So we start to understand who we are in Christ, and then we start to have these needs. You see, we're all born with three basic needs. We're born with the need for safety. And God has given us this love, the the kind of love that you can see in the Greek word called storge, which means a parental love. You feel protected. You feel safe. But not everyone had parental love. And if you didn't have that parental love, there's something missing. And when we sing, Good, Good Father... And now that you know you have a good, good father, it can change your life. So we were born with the need for connection. There's been studies done that babies that were held and nurtured, they would live, but babies who were not, they would suffer. We were born with a need for empowerment. Why do you think your two-year-old wants to do it? Myself. I can do it myself (laughs) then later they want you to do everything for them right (laughs) clean your room i need you to help me you didn't need me when you were two get in there (laughs) see that stuff flips doesn't it you're welcome parents But Adam and Eve, think about it, they had all those things, they had safety, they had connection, they had empowerment. God had told them, everything you see, you have dominion over. Say dominion. Dominion. That means you rule over it. Everything that you see, you have that. You are safe, you are connected, and you have dominion. When God realized Adam was alone, and Adam noticed everybody else had someone, God made him Eve. So they could be complete. And then sin came in. And sin came in and created insecurity. And then we started to turn to someone or something other than God for our safety, our connection, and our empowerment. And guys, I want to tell you that's what we're doing today in 2020. 
I want to give you 2020 vision. You got to stop looking to someone else for your safety, your connection, and your empowerment and start calling upon the name of the Lord God Almighty. You see, our needs were meant to be fulfilled by God, but sin ruined our relationship. That was our needs. They were meant to be fulfilled by God, but sin ruined our relationship. Look at what it says. Now the serpent was more crafty than than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may not eat from the trees in the garden, but, but God did say, he says, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from this, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil. Right away, what happened is, is the serpent, Satan, our enemy, he changed our focus from God where safety, connection, and empowerment came from and said, God is keeping something from you. You can't trust him. And so what you need to do is be fulfilled by eating from this tree. Even though she had said, (coughs) we can eat from any tree but this one. Anyone. And then what happens? She starts to find that brokenness. It's true. She starts to find that brokenness. And she starts to say, well, I want to seek my fulfillment in this tree and not in God. I want to seek my fulfillment in this creation and not creator. And that's what we do. We do that with sex. We do that with money. We do that with power. We do it with all these different things. And we say, if I just had this, we even pray to God, God, if you just give me this. And God says, I'm not going to give that to you because then I won't be your fulfillment. (laughs) We don't like to hear that, though. We don't like to hear that. You see, the serpent convinced Eve that she could find fulfillment apart from God. And she created a mistrust. When sin entered the picture, mankind was separated from God. Adam and Eve had every single need met. But even on top of that, they had more than they could ever even want. He provided them with everything. I remember when the twins were born, Lorena and I spent every other weekend up with my twin niece and nephew who are going to be 12 this year. It's hard to believe. We'd just give their parents a rest, which they greatly appreciated when it's two against two. It's two on two. It's not that easy, you know, so we had to up the odds and go four on two, you know. But those kids were totally dependent on us, and we'd tell them, you guys just go sleep and go rest, because we're going to be here for two days, and then you got to take care of all that. But they were totally dependent on us. And did you know they never missed a meal? Did you know their diapers didn't stay dirty? Did you know that we held them more than we probably should have? Because we love them. And that's the way God feels about you. 
He doesn't want you to suffer. He's not just going to leave you there and just in a room and say, I wonder how they're doing. He's going to check in. And did you know I watched them as they breathed? Sometimes I'd had to put my hand on their chest just so I could feel it going up and down because I just wanted to watch over their little lives. And I believe some of you need to feel God's hand on your chest today, just feeling you breathe and knowing that he's right there with you. And I remember as we got older, as they got older, about one and a half, two years old, they called me, I'm a Mike, I'm a Mike, I'm a Mike. I'm a mic. Everything was on my mic. I'm a mic. I'm a mic. And I had to sneak out to leave or they would just throw off, especially Bubby. He would just cry his little face off. Finally, we said, we got to stop sneaking out because he's going to have abandonment issues. So, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to tell him, I'm a mic is leaving, but I'm a mic is coming back, you know. But you know what? I loved it. And at four years old, we're over in, in uh, Orlando, and he's up at the top of this little stadium. And he yells out, hey, Uncle Mike. I'm not on the mic. He can actually say uncle now. Uncle Mike. I said, What's up, Bobby? I, I love you more than tacos. <laughs> now that's when you know you're loved. When somebody loves you more than tacos. <laughs> and you know... Every once in a while, I think that you and I need to yell out, Hey, Jesus! Man, I love you more than tacos. I love you more than whatever it is that you think is more. I love you more than that. That's what I love you more than. I love you more than my career. I love you more than my wife. I love you more than my kids. I love you more than, I love you more than all those things. And my fulfillment is found in you. And because of that, I can be all those things to my wife, to my children, to my nieces, nephews, whoever it is. We need to get to a place where we want Jesus to help us with everything. Not afraid that he's going to take some. Some of us don't pray about our career because we're afraid God's not going to give you what you want. So you're not going to take that to the Lord. We need to take these things to God. There's no human relationship, no material treasure or habit that can take the place of Jesus. We can try all day long. The problem is, is that we all have the same needs and so we end up hurting each other regularly and then we feel ashamed, hurt, and broken so we don't go to God or each other. <laughs> so many of us are in the room or are just afraid to admit that we're hurt or broken and need help. That's why every Sunday we pray. Amen. Every Sunday. Amen. Amen. I'll never have a Sunday where you can't come down and, and somebody pray for you. Amen. It takes a lot of courage to step out of that aisle and come down and share your need with somebody. But God has given us each other. Why wouldn't we take advantage of that? Amen. The answer is simple. Number two, sin causes shame and creates insecurity, so we try and hide from God. Sin causes shame. It creates insecurity, and so we try and hide from God. Look at what happens here in the story. Then the man <coughs> and his wife, these allergies are killing me, by the way. It's nothing bad. I know this, uh, 11 months ago, everybody's like, oh, God. Because I did have blood clots, but thank you, Jesus, I don't anymore. So don't anybody think I'm relapsing. They're like, oh my God, I pray for my pastor to get through the year. 
Thank you, Jesus. My numbers just came in, and they were the best in five years. So, so I got a little allergy, so don't anybody start writing my eulogy, all right? Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God. I'm just letting that set for a second. <laughs> See, they even know it's not good. <laughs> Among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called to man, where are you? Do you know God knows where you are? And did you know God actually knew where they were? Where are you? He answered, I heard, they, uh, he answered, I heard you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, It wasn't me. Right? The woman that you put here with me, she gave me the fruit from the tree, and then I ate it. You remember his prayer before was, God, I'm lonely. I got nobody. The lion got the lioness. The cheetah got the cheetah s. The monkey got the monkey s. I ain't got nobody. Then he gives them to him. Now, now it's not a blessing. Well, the woman that you gave me, God. Well, what she did was she went and got it. She fricasseed it up and then she served it to me. Still not owning it. That's what happens to us a lot of times. We come to God and we don't want to agree with God that we were wrong. Right? We want to agree. God, it's your fault. You made me this way, right? Amen. Come on, church. You see, but guilt says I did something wrong. Shame says there's something wrong with me. You see, guilt says I did something wrong, and God can deal with that. But your shame says there's something wrong with me, and so we use it as an excuse. Oh, that'll preach on Sunday. Somebody better catch that. The Christians call it original sin. But deep down inside, we know that we're not who we should be, and we know we were made for so much more. Yeah. Our sin separated us from God, who's supposed to be the one who fulfills us, body, mind, and soul. When we sin, we immediately feel shame in three distinct ways. We no longer feel safe. We feel abandoned. But God didn't leave us, we left Him. Right? We no longer feel connected to our Creator, we speak for God and say, oh, he doesn't want to talk to me. I, I don't see that in the scripture anywhere, aside from, from religious people who pretend to know him and don't. And he says, until you get that right, I'm not listening to you. Right? We no longer feel empowered. We feel inadequate and humiliated. And so we find ourselves doing things we never dreamed we ever would. And we look in the mirror and say, what happened to you? 
Like Adam and Eve, we try and hide and we cover up. And both of our defenses for feeling shame are hiding and covering up. Did you notice that's what they did? They hid and they covered up. Same thing with us. We hide and we cover up. We can't come to the men's group and be honest with our men. We can't come to our small group. We can't come to our women's Bible study. We can't, we, we can't come up here in the front and confess. We can't find an accountability partner because we want to hide and cover up and say, I'm all good. And God is telling us that if we confess our sins one to another, we will be free. And so what happens with abandonment? We become self-absorbed. It's all about me. Always been about me. Always going to be about me. Right? Isn't that what we do? It's all about me. I got to get mine. Even if it means you not getting yours. We become self-absorbed with that abandonment. For rejection, we focus on that self-gratification. I deserve this. I'm entitled to this, right? Isn't that what we do? And then for inadequacy, humiliation, we go into perfectionism. And then we seek control. And then we realize that we cannot be perfect, so we quit. We make vows. I'll never do that again. I'll never promise that again. I'll never trust that way again. And when you look at it, you see the struggle. And then we come to the final place where we start to really understand what this whole thing's about, guys. Jesus forgives our sins. He removes our shame. He gives us a new life and a new identity in God. And the first gospel is preached in Genesis chapter 3. See, people always say, I I don't see Jesus in the Old Testament. You should see Jesus throughout the Old Testament from Genesis to Revelation. It says this, And I'll put enmity, blood feud between Satan and the woman and between your offspring, that's the wicked and hers, the lineage of Christ, He, Jesus, will crush your head, which means destroy your works, and you will strike his heel, which is the the cross of Christ. So we already hear that God already has a prescription to heal us from our brokenness. He already has it for you and me. He already, we dropped the ball, and he already said, I'm going to fix it. Not told you so, not I hate you, not any of that. Here we see the promise of Jesus. We see the gospel, the good news being promised. When Jesus came, he removed, he took away our sin and our shame. He let you know there's nothing wrong with you. That should have been a louder amen. But people don't believe it, do they? They say, he's preaching to somebody else because I got all kinds of problems. Thank be to God, if you got Jesus, you got one less problem. We no longer need to employ our shame-based defenses. We no longer need to do those things. We don't have to employ those defenses of being self-absorbed, self-gratified, or, or staying away from God. Instead, we can begin to employ the things that we need. We can get rid of those old defenses and start living the new life in Christ, the new identity in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you don't believe me, please read Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7, Paul shares his very human confession. I know the good I should do and I don't do it. 
and the, and the, and the evil that I shouldn't do, I do it. And he, and he goes on to say, who can save me? How? What a wretched person I am. I'm, there's something wrong with me. And then he says, Christ Jesus. And then Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And we learn how we overcome all of chapter 8 is by the Spirit. We live by the Spirit, which is what? The sanctification, the work of God in us, allowing that new identity to take hold. I love that, man. I love that we can start living. Jesus carted away. He carried away our sin and our shame. And every day, you and I have to choose. We must choose not to pick up our old defenses. Self-absorption. Self-gratification. Our need to control every single circumstance. We need to take up our cross daily and follow Jesus. Take a hard look at your life. Where is your sensitive spot? What area of shame do you need to surrender to Jesus today? What area? What area do you think you're hiding from God? You may hide from us. And I may hide from you, but I can't hide from God. What has God said to you today? Have you even thought about that? Some people say God doesn't talk to me, and the answer is yes, He does. He might not talk the way you think He should. He may speak through a person. He may speak through a scripture. He may speak through a preacher. He may speak through a song. He may speak through creation, but He's always talking. He may speak through a circumstance. You see, when Jesus came walking through the sanctuary today, were you hiding? Were you hoping not to see him? When he came walking through today, looking to fellowship with you, as he longs to do every day, not just on Sunday, but on Monday, every day that ends with day. 24 7 365 he wants to be with you what were you trying to cover up what were you trying to cover up what if today we could see our shame for what it really is what it really is and what if today you could see who you really are in Christ. What if you and I decided to be fully us in front of our God? And what if I decided to walk out of here with my new identity in Christ? What if we decided that today? What if you could walk out of here today no longer, listen to me, with the fear of being found out? What if you could walk out of here free today? What if? Well, my what if is, it's an absolute yes. You can. We don't have to walk out of here afraid to be found out anymore. You know what I mean? We can walk out of here. 
It only requires putting our faith in Jesus and letting God fulfill our deepest needs. Today you need to feel safe. Well, I know a Savior that says, that says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are saved. They're safe. What about connection? Do you even know why you're here? I can tell you why you're here. You're here because God invited you here and you obeyed him. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he longs for that connection with you and you, and, and he longs for that with you. And he just wants you to long for that with him. And here's the secret. You long for that or you wouldn't be here. Isn't that something when you think about it? When you think about it. And what if, what if you made Jesus the Lord? Which means he controls your life. Which means all this mess you can just give to him and say, there you go. That's what happened with me. I said, okay, Lord, you said you wanted it. I don't know if you're sure. This is like, you can't trade this back. You know, it's like going to a car dealer with a car that don't run and you can't wait to sign the papers. You know what I mean? Just so they don't change their mind in the process. Because you know you pushed that mug in, you know. You were like Fred Flintstone in it, you know. Runs like a charm. On manpower. My, my car don't have no horsepower. It's got manpower. It's the same way with your life, man. You can just say, God, here it is, man. And God, I'm tired of being ashamed. And I'm tired of feeling like I don't, I don't add up or I don't measure. And I'm tired of feeling like there's something wrong with me. I just need you to heal me. And I know I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm being perfected. And I got a group of people that are going to help me. And they're not going to kick me when I fall, but they're going to pick me up and dust me off. Now, they'll tell me the truth, and they won't let me stay where I'm, where I'm not supposed to. They won't let me hide, and they won't let me cover up. But they're going to keep me close to you as long as I let them. And I'm asking you, God, to help me let them. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you. Jesus, you're so good to us. I just pray right now for each and every person. I pray, God, right now that the shame game would stop today, that it would be done. No more shame game. That we would openly confess our desperate need for you and that we would find our safety in you, that we would connect with you, that we would find our hope in surrendering control to you if you're here this morning and you say you know what pastor mike man i need jesus more than my next heartbeat i need jesus more than my next breath and i'm not playing the shame game anymore i'm not hiding anymore i'm not covering up anymore i'm just confessing my need for god i'm confessing that i don't want to do this without him this is a new year a new beginning for me and i'm a new creation in christ and today is the beginning for me if that's you will you just slip your hand up high in the air anybody in the house say yes that's me yeah a lot of brave people in the house today thank you yes a lot of brave folks in the house thank you you guys may place your hands down. Everyone within the sound of my voice. We're just going to pray, man. Prayer is literally a gift from God. We just simply pray.
from our hearts to God's. We just simply say, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I receive you. I don't want to do it alone, God. I can't do it alone. I find my safety in you. I find my connection and completion in you. And I surrender control of my life to you. And God, I know I'm not going to be perfect. But Holy Spirit, come and live in me. Guide me, teach me, and lead me. And I'll be careful to give you all the praise. It is in the name of Jesus that I pray this prayer. And I believe. And the church of Jesus Christ said, Amen. Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap this morning because He's an amazing God.